I mean, there is two things because Special Olympics is a is a is a is a global organization. If you don't, if people don't know that it's a it's 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 a fitness and sport organization for um, children and adults with um, um, intellectual disability. So Special Olympics is 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 an organization who does a lot of races and a lot of events around. This is for me, for example, very um, inspiring to design a course or to Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Sporting World Podcast. And today I'm here with Dora. And Dora, first of all, thanks for taking the time and happy new year. How's how's life doing these days? Uh, happy New Year and uh, welcome everyone. <laughs> well, it's great to have you part of the podcast. Of course, it's going to be great learning more about your story, uh, about your career, of course, in the sport industry. And I think, you know, a great way to start is, you know, talk a bit about, you know, how your journey in the sport industry began uh, and also a little bit about how your passion for tri triathlon came to life. Yes. Um, I mean, I come from sport, so... I ended up to work in sport industry, but you don't have to be an athlete to to be uh, to work in the sport industry, so it's not right. parallel. But I I used to be a swimmer. Um, uh, my nationality is Hungarian. Currently living in Amsterdam nice. in the Netherlands because of uh, my husband's job, and we have three children. Um, so so I I started as a swimmer, and I didn't start it as a swimmer because I wanted to be a swimmer. My mom couldn't swim. So she had fear for water, and uh, and and she decided when I was really small to to take me to the swim pool to the course. Right. I swam every day like like all the other kids, and I got better and better, and I went to compete. But uh, but I never made it to a high level uh, in swimming, so right. I could be on a on a national team. I could sure. never. I think I barely made it on the podium. But we swam quite a lot, so. Right. Swimming is long hours, and then somebody at the pool, I think I was around 14, 15, asked me if I want to do pentathlon or triathlon, and yeah. uh, somehow I picked triathlon, and um, because of the swimming background and the endurance sport, I became yeah. quite good in triathlon, so despite that I am not, my weakest sport was the running, um, yeah. I could still make the podium, the junior and the youth national team, so we went around Europe and national events. So, so this is how my triathlon sport started. Um, but then, uh, then I, I had to decide there was a point around 18 that I had to decide if I could become a pro or right. not. But I was not, again, good enough. So my parents pushed me to go towards studies, to go to university. <laughs> and, uh, and we didn't have the financial background to, to travel around the world. So I still, if you do triathlon or you, you're familiar with triathlon, then you, many people has a dream to, to qualify for Hawaii. It's an Ironman, it's the 3.8 kilometer swim, 180 bike and 42 run. So the story short, I trained for two years. I had a job, I had a student, I qualified and I made it to the finish line in Hawaii on the corner, corner drive. So it was, it was very rewarding and, and I still, train uh, I still I still do triathlon on the age group level so that's my sport background and probably this is why I didn't mean to be I was a salesperson I worked in a completely different industry but after the kids were born I I went toward the sport industry to work 
uh, back to the sport industry, you know, more, yeah. maybe not as yeah. much as an athlete anymore, but, but more on the business professional side. But that, that, that's a pretty cool story. And I mean, like, it's obviously, you know, I, I'm sure it must have been like a great um, just feeling and uh, to, to just finish the, the race in Hawaii. I mean, like, talk a little bit about that, that race, you know, what makes it unique and a little bit about, I guess, your experience around it. I mean, the Hawaii Ironman is like is like the big one, you know, your dream. You want to you want to do first an Ironman, which is the yeah. long distance, and then you would like to go to Hawaii, where the big big names uh, have competed. Um, but but it, you have to qualify. So there is a qualification system. I did it in two thousand. I qualified a year before or half a year before. Right. So. It's it's not that easy that you 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 decide okay I want to go to Kona and then I go to Hawaii sure. so it's just a little bit it's it's expensive to go there you yeah. have to qualify the qualification races maybe it doesn't appear to be on your country right. um, I trained I it was a hard day it was a long day um, I swam well I biked there on the run I had a few few. I would say weak points, but I finished. Um, I I think I was 15th in my age group, and which is not that bad. But I didn't plan to be any anything. I just wanted to finish, so that yeah, was yeah. my goal. That was your goal. And um, but for me, many many athletes, age groupers want to return and want to do it again and again and beat their personal best. For me, I did it. I've been there, done that, <laughs> and. And then after a while, I decided to be on the other side of the field. So right. I decided to organize or to 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 make the race safe from the other side. So not on the field of play yeah. to become an organizer or a technical official. So so that was my my plan or goal or what I wanted to do. That's that's awesome. And and like obviously, let's talk a bit about you know what you're doing now. You're obviously. A, freelance sport event organizer and and talk a bit about the last project that you worked on and what were some of your key tasks in this project so the last one is literally just finished uh because i was in doha qatar for the fifa uh, world cup um this was my first fifa world cup event so uh, it was very very interesting and huge i just realized i've been to two olympics rio and tokyo which is which is already a huge event, but I've never been to a football World Cup, which is completely different sport what right. I've been doing before. And I realized that uh, football unites people. How 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 big effect it has to the spectators, for the audience, for the athletes on the pitch, which I've seen. I've seen all the big names like really close. I was um I was doing ticketing uh, uh function, so I was the what we had eight stadium. I was responsible for Ahmad Bin Ali, which is a 40,000 spectator mm. stadium and a ticketing manager or stadium ticketing manager position for me was an operational role, which means if the spectators have uh, coming into the inner perimeter from after the security and just trying to enter to the stadium at the turnstile and they have problem with their tickets, Yep. Any kind of tickets, mobile ticket, paper ticket, or, uh, or or VIP or hospitality ticket, and they cannot get or cannot access to the stadium. Then we have four ticketing resolution points where we train the staff. They worked for me. I was on the manager level. So basically, we try to help these spectators to enter to the stadium if the family mm -hmm. were separated or they had special needs, special access. 
or many times, unfortunately, they had fake tickets. So these were yeah. our tasks to, to manage. There's a, a lot on the plate there, you know, and I'm sure it was some intense <laughs> time. It was very intense. It was very intense. We had 29 days and 64 matches. Wow. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it flies by so fast, you know, and I can imagine like, like I'm sitting here, you know, at home working and watching. And then, you know, of course, uh, I, I felt it was fast enough already. So I can imagine how it was for you. <laughs> it was very rewarding. It was intense. It was an yeah. operational job. Um, but it was nice to make people go through and help them with the tickets. Or <laughs> unfortunately, we have FIFA rules. Then, uh, you know, no fake, fake tickets. You cannot <laughs> enter to the stadium. And it's all oh. around the world. It's all all same events. Oh, it is. So, we need to respect the rules of course but yeah it's it's a lot of fortunately still a lot of fake fake tickets and stuff out there so that's 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 a big issue on it low alone but let, let's talk a little bit obviously uh some of the other works that you've done um and obviously that your, your different kind of roles as a freelancer as a sport event organizer has obviously taking you across the world working at some amazing events that you were mentioned olympics uh, the, the world cup and so forth what what have been some key lessons you brought with you from these international experience? And I wanted to kind of emphasize, you know, just being in different countries, you know, working with different kind of cultures, people, and all this. Like, talk a bit about what lessons you learned from that. I mean, for me, as I've been living abroad for quite a long time, from from Budapest, Hungary, we lived in several countries, so it's already for me. I've been living in a multicultural area. Right. But these these competitions, when you have athletes uh, on your races, they are already international. And yeah. when you go to these um, big major games or international or just national competitions, the staff, the organizer, the local organization is is coming from different cultural background, different age, different uh, mentality, different yeah. background of level of sport. So it's very challenging for, for everyone to work together on the project. So it the project can be small, the project can be longer from, from a few weeks to a few months or years, right. um, depending what you 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 aiming for or what you are capable to do. But yeah. I do think that it's challenging to, to work, but it's very rewarding that you have different people to work with. You learn how the other people think about solutions yep. and then basically you improve yourself uh, with every single event. I learn better situation, better solutions, how to do it better because it's a puzzle. It's a teamwork. So so it's not a one man show. Um, most of the jobs are, but this is this is all the functional areas are connected to each other. And right. we have each other and we communicate. So internationally, I, I think it's great that you yeah. travel if you can afford it or you you can afford it. I mean, that you are able to travel and you have to leave your family behind or you right. don't have right. a dog at home or or, or kids. Yeah. Then, then you have to make some commitment because this is a different lifestyle. But a lot of young people who are single and they want to explore the, the world, with various it. sport events, it's it's the best thing you do. You go yeah. from one continent to another, and yeah. you meet different peoples with a different background. That's uh, that sounds great, and yeah, I mean, like obviously, it's uh, and, and we're gonna touch a little upon like perhaps some tips you have for 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 working some some major events and stuff like that. But before before that, I wanted to talk a bit about 
Um, obviously, in 2021, you completed your level three technical officer for World Triathlon. Uh, you also yeah. happen to become the best uh, technical officer in Europe the last two years, which, first of all, congrats, congrats on that. Yeah. Um, but but to talk a little about, you know, for, for people that don't know, you know, what a technical official is and what are some of the responsibilities you have as a technical official for the World Triathlon? Um, we, it's not just me. There are many technical officials in several sports, but obviously my sport is triathlon where I, I am, I am practicing as a technical officials. Basically that technical official is somebody who is, um, making sure that the athletes have no advantage or disadvantage on the competition. Mm. They have the same equal uh, circumstances and they compete in the same environment. Right. So there is a competition rule book in every single sport. You can practice, you can, you can, you can do competitions or matches, whatever the sport requires. And then you have to pass exams depending on what level, what area, what functions. So if, for example, an athlete makes a mistakes or take advantage to another athlete, then makes, for example, very, very simple, shorten the course. If it's a 5k race on the mm -hmm. triathlon and that person just cuts one end because of mm -hmm. even if it's not correctly marked or yeah. because he doesn't know or that means that person has run less distance than all the others so this right. means that the technical official have to record it has the evidence and the head referee decides what penalty uh, is giving cutting a course on 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 usually it's a disqualification but um right. but we usually give a time penalty on different fragments but it's even applies for age group athletes and for elite athletes right. so we are practicing to be a technical officials not just for the elite who is training for the big world championships or the olympics yep. age group races also has technical officials where drafting is not allowed for example yep. um, so there are several rules and we as a technical official work in one team and yep. we make a decision on the penalty which is not a really nice thing but yep. to make it equal for everyone that you are on the podium on the right um right right place then you need to have a team to support you that the course is the same for everyone so sure. i was nominated two years i didn't win i wasn't the best technical official but i was nominated which was really honoring yeah. um, um and uh, and but but all the technical officials in europe we we know each other and we work together uh, several competitions it gave me a lot of knowledge about triathlon and sport honestly so for me being a freelance organ sport event organizer and a technical official combines the two together so mm -hmm. i know the rules yeah. i know what to do on a competition i know how to design a course right. what is the, what is the the, um, the national federation requirements what is the safety rules so all these is my knowledge because it's an official and yeah. i can really implement it in my other job as a freelance organizer mm -hmm when sure. i know that so i do these two things basically at mm. the same time many times the technical officials um job or requirements is 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 self-funded uh, mm. or they just pay your expenses so it's not a paid job yeah, yeah. Uh, that you go there um it's it's more of them that you invest your own energy and then your own money to be an official Still a very important role, though. You know, you got to make sure people people do things the right way. You know, at the end of the day, so yeah. 
yeah. it's a critical yeah. critical role and i'm glad you 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 can you know at least it's always good and i talk a lot about this for you know students you know professionals too that it's like sometimes they're very set on like oh i want to work for like a football club or i want to work with this or i want to work with that right and they're very specific on it and say sometimes it's good to kind of you know branch out right and see how all the different elements are working right and we talk about like just just your responsibilities and how you're utilizing that that knowledge as the technical official right in in your other roles and and vice versa right so it's always important to kind of you know see how the puzzle pieces comes yeah. comes together at the end of the day and then of yeah. course maybe specialize more as you want but you also have yeah. been the special olympics rule advisor and and obviously I, we don't necessarily have to go too much into the role but what tips do you have for anyone looking to work at the Olympics? Like obviously you've been working different, different uh, Olympics as well. So uh, talk a bit about, you know, just, just for those that, uh, you know, one day, you know, want to, want to get a role or, or be involved in the Olympics one day. I mean, there is two things because special Olympics is a, is a, is a, is a global organization. If you don't, if people don't know that it's a, it's, it's, it's a fitness and sport organization for, um, children and adults with um, um, intellectual disability. So Special Olympics is, is, is an organization who does a lot of races and a lot of events around. This is for me, for example, very um, inspiring to design a course or to organize a competition for these athletes. Yeah. And, and of course, for para-athletes who have some kind of a physical or mental disability. So for them, we have to organize the, the course, the matches, or the, the event on a more careful and uh, uh, special way because right. safety is the priority. For example, for them to swim in the deep water. So so these are the spectrum for me regarding Special Olympics and, and para events that, mm -hmm. that really inspiring. Yeah. Regarding the other questions, working on the Olympics is everybody's dream, right? So, yeah. so you want to work because you see it on the TV, and it's, this is every four years, yeah. and it's uh, inspiring to see these athletes to achieve either Summer Olympics or Paralympics, because both is 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 an amazing event, and they are right after each other. Yeah. I mean, I would what I I did when I started that I did a lot of volunteer work, and I still do volunteer work despite yeah. whatever I do. Um, I go to the marathon, I go to a running race, or I go to any local or regional events, then I just do functions which I'm not familiar with, and I help the athletes. This right. is how you get to know what their needs, what's the circumstances, when you have special, very special uh, incidents, how to help them, how to do the, in the book we say risk assessment, what happens on the race when the storm is coming, what happens if there is a medical incident on the race? So basically all these little tips and little problems occur yeah. by experience. So I, I, I think volunteering on any sport, even Olympics is a good start because then if I have volunteers, for example, most of my races, I try to mentor them, help them, right. gave the knowledge away. Of course they put their money, they come here and work for free, but they want to go away with something which they experience that they can put it in the future. Right. So Olympics is something special. Yeah. Um, every single event, every four years, they are hiring more and more interns. Right. 
um, uh, like on the lower level. So it doesn't mean that just because it's an Olympics, then only just the high and the well-experienced people get hired. They do need people who are young and enthusiastic and they want to go for a sport, a special function area, what they, what you pick, it can be broadcasting, it can be transport, it can be hospitality, it can yeah. be ticketing or venue management or operation. So there are a lot of functions in, in the Olympics where they need people. So I would encourage, I mean, my dream was also to go to Tokyo uh, and I got selected as a technical official. Obviously, it was a little bit, it was different circumstances because of COVID. We didn't yeah, have spectators imagine, and we had yeah. very, very, very strict rules. Um, but I was there and uh, I was on the field of play and, and, and I felt amazing that I felt privileged that I could be there. So, so I, the path there is long and maybe yeah. there is a big competition, but For besides sure. the Olympics, you can target the top, which is the Olympics, but there are other major games. There are European mm -hmm. games, there are Pan American games. There are other, other regional continental games that where you can start gaining it, mm -hmm. um, or just your local village, you know, to do a right. simple running race where you do everything and right. then you have more experience. So I think it's, it's great. Um, and, uh, and, and I would just say everybody can, can, can go for it. If that's the, that's what you want. And that was, that's your dream. Absolutely. No, it's, I mean, like you gotta go for it, of course. And I think you, you mentioned some really good advice in terms of never stop volunteering, you know? And I think that's, yeah. uh, sometimes we, I think a, a lot of young, we are like, we think we're going to get that big job right away, you know? And uh, maybe, you know, we just, once we're done with our education, it's just, straight to the job and then we're straight to the olympics right and have a good role doesn't always but work you mentioned, it, you mentioned on your cv that you volunteered for this and this and this and many companies looking at oh oh this person i also put my volunteer work in my cv when i i am in the same situation as you students or any other that i apply for jobs i apply for projects and i i, I apply quite regularly when yeah. one is finishing that, uh, yeah. that, that this is what I did for volunteer work. Exactly. So no, it's important part of the industry, right. And, uh, and what people are looking for. And, and I know now we're running out of time here. So I just wanted to kind of wrap up a little bit with, with, with the last question. And obviously you, you participated at many major events, different roles, different sports, uh, you know, and, and you mentioned, you know, obviously volunteering being one of the uh, key advice for, for, for working with Olympics and so forth. But what would be, you know, some other advice you have for, for students looking to get a career in the sport industry, you know, perhaps, you know, working for, for different major events uh, and, and so forth? I mean, my image, I love what I do. So it, it, it's, it's, it's the first thing that, that if you would, you, if your goal is to work in this industry and yeah. obviously because you like sport so right. if you have the the the, the love for sport or yeah. or in any kind of sport or any kind of function what you think for that's already a good drive because you can do you can do everything but you can do things more if you like it yeah. and you have, yeah. have the feeling for it so i did it i had it but i came from triathlon and uh no. And and I I went from triathlon because this is what my my drive was. My other drive is that to help people with disability because I think not many people are, or actually let's put it that way. 
less people interested on para or 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 other events for for these kind of athletes than than the other part so yeah. for me this is a really challenging thing that 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 i think best drive and and basically to study to experience the different events is would be my ex- advice or if you want to do a startup, then you just start and um, design your own competition yeah. when you have a lot of experience and a lot of <laughs> difficulties at the beginning. For so sure. my advice is just to go experience, look at the websites, look at the, the, the specific. I do a little bit of wider range of sports and, and, and functions. But if you want to specify your, your, um, your knowledge, about one specific area then i can advise that one so if you just want to do hospitality and deal with the vip people because you are passionate and you have good skills of for this kind of uh, um, industry then then just go for it or if you are technical and you have it background then maybe you just go for that direction so you can of course narrow down your knowledge or your interest Yep. And, uh, and 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 these are my advices and go for it help people don't be ashamed to ask uh, questions yep. and uh, and if you have a right mentor and a right teacher and the right right boss then i think you can just uh, just manage your your expectations awesome well perfect dora uh with that of course i would like to thank you for taking the time you know for sharing your stories and insights with the sporting global community and everyone listening to the podcast it was a great having you part of the podcast thank you very much for having me and and to kind of like wrap up here as well for those of you that have been listening all the way at the end you know make sure to like the video subscribe as well so you get weekly tips weekly tips you know from leaders like dora in the industry sharing their inside tips with you and of course if you haven't you know make sure to sign up sign up at sportingglobal.com you know it's free to sign up you can connect with like-minded people find relevant programs and courses and of course opportunities that are happening in the industry so make sure to check that out and and last dora i mean like we kind of have a sporting global podcast tradition here that i have to bring out that that, that i never that i never mentioned it in the emails you know it's just a surprise you know for people so i have to teach you a little bit norwegian okay what is that <laughs> <laughs> so with every every video we do we always finish with vi snakkes which means see you later in norwegian so that's what you have to say vi snakkes yeah there you go easy <laughs> okay, we stuck, yes. <laughs> yeah, we stuck, yes. Thank you so much, Dora. All right, have a good one. <laughs> Thank you, bye.